This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Welcome back to the live broadcast from the Whitsunday Sailing Club for the 25th anniversary Vision Surveys Ellie Beach Race Week. And with me, I have none other than Matt Allen, the skipper of Itchy Barn, the president of Yachting Australia, oh, the chairman of Solace. I've talked to you about so many things, Matt. So many subjects, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, great to have you on board during uh, the back end of the week. I was so lucky to be on the back of Itchy Barn. It's such a beautiful machine and it's going so well. I mean, it's still developing and getting there and getting you know, all the bubbles out, yeah. but it's going so well. Yeah, no, look, we're, we're really happy. I mean, we would have been like, like to have been a little bit closer to uh, Patrice, but, mm. you know, the boat's developing, getting better with every regatta, and we've got a, you know, a few things up our sleeves that we, we just need to iron out, and hopefully that'll get us right in, into the money. How exciting. And, I mean, at, at this regatta, Early Beach Race Week, you seem to be somewhat of a local as well, so it must be nice to sail in your almost duck yard. Well, as, as, as president of Yachting Australia, I try to be local everywhere I am, but I occasionally get away with it. Um, yeah. But, I'm, you know, we, we love Ellie Beach and, you know, it's a very relaxed atmosphere up here and the people are great. And, you know, we spend a lot of time up here and we'd probably like to spend more time up here. Yeah. But, you know, with um, four teenage kids, it sort of keeps you busy down south in Sydney. You know, but it's great. It's a great racetrack up here. You know, we normally get beautiful weather, although, you know, there's been a bit more rain <laughs> this week than normal. Yeah. Um, but we've had plenty of wind and, you know, some days you don't get wind up here and we've had wind every day. And the late day, Nick, was just beautiful. Oh. Weather. So, you know, I don't know the weather caused <laughs> That's what I got reasonably here. well sorted this week. So maybe it is my fault because yeah. I got here on the afternoon of the late day and out we went. But, I mean, you, you are right. I mean, the breeze has been great. So at least the racing has been exceptionally high class. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great and it's been a good fleet of boats. I mean both in terms of quality and numbers up here. And you know, I think you know the the only thing that this regatta needs to get right and sort of not really the responsibility of the regatta is just to dredge those, you know, the channels yeah. into the into Port of Airlie. You know, and I think that's all scheduled to happen in the next couple of months and wow. and the ferry terminal into Port of Airlie is happening on the first or second week in September. And so I think that'll naturally dredge that channel. And so once we've got, you know, nice deep water, you know, it'll mean that you won't need to worry about having the boat at anchor so much yeah, for the bigger you have boats. Been, you have been anchoring your boat off offshore each, yeah. each night, which is a bit of a struggle. But once that port's sorted, it might attract further IRC numbers. Yeah, essentially. absolutely. And I think you'll still have to work around the tides a little bit. But then, you know, they'll have much bigger windows where you can bring your boats in and out. And you know, the port of early, early development is you know terrific. It's nice and close to the yacht club, so you don't have that sort of, you know, long walk from Maple Point to the yacht club. It yeah. means that the yacht club's going to be more vibrant. Port of Airlie's going to be more vibrant, you know. And so I think the regatta's got a really, really good future. Anyway. How exciting! Oh, mm. and you talk fondly about it too, so there must be some good memories. But I mean, this is all in the lead up. You've done the uh, Land Rover Sydney Gold Coast race, then you guys did the Brisbane Keppel, and you've just kept coming up here, and, and you're working continually most likely towards the Hobart. Yeah. How is your preparation going, do you think? Are you going to keep the same crew all the way through? Yeah, the plan? yeah, I mean, we're just missing our main forward hand, mm -hmm. Silas Nolan, uh, this week. It and might be on that Copa del Rey yeah, some, some, somewhere, some such regatta. Somewhere, a bit warmer <laughs> than where well. we were. Yeah, uh -huh. did very well on the shockwave. Right? <laughs> um, but, um, so I think once he's back, then it moves, um, you know, Craig Garnett back into the, in, into the office, into sure. the pit, pit position. 
And um, we'll probably have one other change. I think Dougie McGain's going to go up and do some more actual sailing. So yeah. we'll probably bring in you know, one other person in the back of the into boat. The yeah, into the sort of strategy role and also sort of you know, driving offshore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're just looking for somebody to sort of fill that role. And then that'll be pretty much our Hobart team. How exciting. And so Blue Water Point Score, mm-hmm. Rolex City, the Hobart race. and. Um, we haven't really sort of thought too much beyond that, but that, that's the main Sounds aim. Sounds like a main goal. So yeah. if you're heading that way, then that's what you should be focused on. So um, you'll, you'll be taking the boat back to Sydney and, and skipping Hamo and fully focusing now on Hobart. Yeah, because the, the first race of the Blue Water Point School, Flinders Island race, starts on, um, I think it's uh, the 20th of September, yeah. you know, Saturday morning race. So, you know... If you get bad weather or if you get an issue or there's some things you need to do when you get back Very to Sydney, tight. turn the boat round to being sort of a Cat 2 boat again. Mm. Um, you know, there's not that much extra runway and we want to fit some time in for some modifications as well. Mm-hmm. Probably won't do too much between now and Flinders Island, but there's a reasonable gap between the Montague Island race and whatever the race is after the Montague. There's sort of four, four and a half weeks. Certainly. Gap. So, um, and a little bit of modification potentially after that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we've got a, got a few things up our sleeves. So, you know, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of time to do it all and, you know, hopefully, you know, hit the ground running uh, towards the back end of the year. How exciting. Well, I can't wait to catch up with you further down the track, but what else is going on? I mean, you're the president of Yachting Australia and there's so much happening. I mean, we saw last week the guys, two golds, two silvers at Rio with two years to go to the Games. Uh, it looks like we're going really well in terms of setting up for, for Rio. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, the athletes have done a great job and, you know, the coaching team, you know, is pretty much in place there for, you know, the right all the way into Rio. Um, you know, the team's really confident. Um, we've got a lot of things that we're going to work on. Um, you know, we've got a lot of plans on various projects and we don't talk overly openly <laughs> no, about you that. you don't need to talk overly about that. <laughs> um, and so, you know... The, the whole development's going really well, um, and you know, Rio. I, you know, I haven't had a full debrief from the test event, but I mean, it certainly looked like it was you know a much better location than some of the people who were talking it down yeah. earlier on. And yeah, you know, yeah. I've spoken I, to Nina and Anina Curtis and Darren Bondock who are sailing the NACRA 17. For those who may not know, and, and they both said that it was a beautiful location. And I think that's been the main feedback from everybody. Yeah. Is that it's not as bad as potentially people may have thought. Although Nathan Outeridge and Goobs did spot a dog when they were sailing one day, which is the big concern. But other than that, it sounds really great. Yeah, no, and, and you look, hopefully it will get better. Yeah. You know, you know, you've got two years of runway and hopefully they can improve it from, from there. But it certainly was, you know, a better result than, um, than people would have thought in terms of, you know, the location of the test event. Mm. And it's obviously going to be fully stretched from the entire room. So happening in Rio, um, that's no surprise. Um, we better expect that. You know, we plan for that, and you know, it's part of part of the planning process. So, you know, it's only only a bit over two years to go. So, you know, things you know, things tighten up a little bit. You know, people get more focused now. You know, it's a, it's always important for the athletes to you know peak at the right time and, and not burn them out the way through. And um, no, I think it's, Rio's going to be very exciting for the sailing team. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to follow the progress. And, I mean, it's, it's just really exciting to uh, see how far we've come over even you know, the past sort of 10, 15 years and now, you know, following on from London and the momentum that we still have and you're helping with that momentum in a big way is just brilliant. Well, I think one of the things is that, you know, there is a, there is a link now and I think people are starting to understand this that, you know, if we get 
success at the Olympic level, it really flows back to the whole sport. Because, um, grassroots because, then follows, yeah. Because basically the entire funding for our Olympic campaigns really comes from three sources. Mm. And it comes from you know, the federal government, at, firstly, um, the patrons program and sponsorship. Mm. So the sort of yachties around Australia, none of the money that goes into their YA or their yachting Queensland or yachting New South Wales fees, none, none of that money goes into the Olympic campaigns. But we get an enormous amount of benefits because we're a successful Olympic country. And we get money from the government to help you know, discover sailing programs and tackers programs. Tackers is great. And if we weren't succeeding in the Olympics, we wouldn't be getting that funding. Mm. So we, we, we're really now getting huge dividends um, from, from that. But also, kids want to yeah. go sailing. Now. They've got someone to look up to. They've got that aspiring, you know, that, like people like Tom Slingsby and the girls, I mean, Nina, yeah. Olivia and Lou. That, I mean, that's you know, Nathan Outreach and Goops yeah. and all, all those yeah. people that are you know, now role models for our yeah. sport. Whereas sort of our sport didn't really have that. Mm. You know, maybe not for the kids. You know, we had other legends, you know, like John Bertram and whatever. But you know, you know, as time yeah. goes on, people want to have people that they can connect with. Yeah. And you know, and our Olympic athletes are now household names. Definitely. And the kids connect names. with it. And the kids want to go sailing. <laughs> and also we have some really cool boats to sail. Yeah, it's so know? true. And, and not all of them are Olympic, that's fine. Mm. And we don't want everyone to go and sail. You know, Olympic boats, they don't have to go and sail a 49er or whatever. But, like, you know, there's, you know, the kite boards and there's, you know, the moths and. Oh, the foiling moths are great. I mean, but it's about getting more people on the water more often. That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. And I think think that's a really important point that you make, Nick, and that, you know, probably this sailing is now growing as a sport in terms of numbers of people participating in the sport. And I reckon it's probably only the last. For the first time in 30, 35 years. We're not really sure, yeah. but it's approximately the sport is now growing again. So obviously it's been shrinking in terms of, you know, percentage population yeah. actually doing sailing. Mm-hmm. But actually there's more people sailing now than there were three years ago. And that's hopefully only the start of it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> that's all Absolutely. we can hope for. We need more people in the water. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, and that's what I'm all about, is just sharing adventures to try and inspire people to, to do the same is what I want to do. I just want to go sailing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and share the passion that, you know, like you and I yeah. and lots of people listening, you know, have for the sport. Yeah. Because I think it, it's just so important, you know, I mean, all the health benefits and whatever yeah. a sport are all easy. We all know what that that what yep. that's about but people actually keep sailing mm-hmm. now you look at all the graphs of every single olympic sport it they all peak at about 18, 18 years yeah. of age and then they tail her off mm-hmm. and they actually never come back mm-hmm. sailing is the one sport that does yeah so in the sailing graph at about 48 there's you're up at about 90 or 95 percent of the people that are participating at the age of 18. Yeah. So we've got this tip, like every other sport has, is yeah, people get, leave school, get busy, get married, get exactly. jobs, go to uni, kids, all, all that, that sort of, sort of stuff. Thing. Yeah. But actually, they come back in their in their 40s. Exactly. Well, you like, can't go back to long jump or high jump no. or soccer or netball. Your yeah. shins can't handle it, etc., etc. Sailing. And, and and so then obviously after 48, it starts sort of very slowly tapering off as well. But yeah. but. The, this is such a unique sport, and you know, it's it's a it is a sport for life, and 
you know, and then the socialisation benefits that people, you know, join clubs and feel like they're a member of the club. And Such a lifestyle. They have a network <laughs> of people and friendships and, I mean, I, I think the great thing about the sport is that you go anywhere in Australia or anywhere in the world, you always bumping into people you know. Do you want to know a cool story? So I'm at my hotel, it's pouring down with rain, I have to come down here to do an interview with yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. And I see a guy jump into a car with um, some sailing shorts on. I'm like, okay, cool. Can I have a lift? Can I maybe have a lift? Sure, jump in the car. Looks at me. Do I know you from the 18-footers? I'm like, oh yeah, I helped out with the TV. Oh, what were you sailing on this week? I oh, was sailing on Ichiban. Oh, I worked at the CYC with Matt. You're already family. Let's go. I'll take you down. I'm not going to the club, but I'll take you to the club. (laughs) So you make connections just like that. It's like coming home. One big global family. (laughs) Exactly. And these people have your back within an instant. And I love that about sailing. It's it's a great sport to grow up in, I think, for kids. Definitely. Yeah, so we've got, I think, a terrific story to tell. Mm. It's part of what we're trying to do is... Get that story out, but also make the linkage for sailors about yeah. you know why the Olympic program is so important to the sport longer term. Because so many people think, well, why is all the funding going to the Olympics? But it isn't. I mean, the funding there is a lot of funding going to the Olympics yeah. so that we can build the profile of our sport, Absolutely. so that we can support the grassroots side of our sport. Yeah, and you know, the important point is not coming from the sailors. Yeah. We're, we're getting all the benefits of it, mm. and you know, the benefits are, are enormous and they're long term and they're great for the sport. Um, you know, success at Rio and, and Tokyo, you know, is, is really important for the sport. And, Certainly. You know, the bar is going to go up and up in the sailing side. You know, there's a lot of countries getting their act together. And it's become so professional in the past, I mean, 12 years, so shall, shall we say 12 to 15 years, the bar has lifted across the board in sailing, I think, not yeah. just Olympics. Yeah, I mean, look, we've, we've been really successful at lifting the bar, you yeah. know, faster and higher than all, all the other countries, you know, but... Our challenge is to make sure that, that continues. And, Stay ahead of the game. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's never easy in sport, um, but it's something we've really got to do. And you know, there's great opportunities. You know, there's you know ten medals up for grabs, and you know, you've got to go for it. Yeah. How unbelievable! Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule because I know the presentation's just about to start. And congratulations on your second here. Um, it was great to sail with you. Thank you. For no, it's great having you on board, Nick. And, Thank you and so always much. great doing an interview with you. Always <laughs> Thank so much you fun. So much. Especially face to face. Face to face is good, isn't it? Much it's easier. So than, much better. <laughs> much easier than the telephone. Yeah, it's nice being on the ground here. Well, I'm going to sign off. My name's Nick Douglas. This is Adventures of a Sailor Girl on Sunset Radio at the Whit Sunday Sailing Club for the 25th anniversary Vision Surveys Airly Beach Race Week. Fantastic to have Matt Allen on the show.